Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to the Vic Acres Wonderland Road to Stadium Australia podcast. Round three is well underway. We've had some shocks, we've had some surprises, we've had some knockouts and qualifications. And to pick apart what the story is so far, we have with me once again my two co-spirators in crime, two amazing co-hosts, the lovely Matt and the amazing Lottie. Matt, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, yeah, it's been it's been intense. This actually, um, I mean, you know, we didn't realize a podcast recording just how much <laughs> there is to talk about, how many games to talk about. But it's been good fun, and we've seen some uh, some great uh, great matches on the way. Lots to talk about, and I can't wait to pick it apart with you two. Uh, Lottie, still hanging in there? Still, uh, still fighting a good fight? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm still on cloud nine after the Rachel Daily Volley. If you haven't checked out the England Pod, make sure you go and find out what what we were talking about um but yeah no i'm good i'm good it's good vibes all around it is good vibes all around um lots to talk about and we're going to start with group a so this was group a this was the hosts uh new zealand uh now they wowed us all when they beat norway in their opening game and then had a bit of a slip up when they then lost the philippines so it all came down to the final round of fixtures norway played the philippines while switzerland played New Zealand and for New Zealand it well it wasn't a good ending I think we can all agree it was a nil-nil draw against Switzerland a result which in isolation is pretty good for a team like New Zealand but it was enough to get through as Norway thrashed the Philippines 6-0 um I'm gonna start with you Matt did you uh were you hoping I know you're I know you're a Leo Volti fan so this is probably kind of a uh, conflict of interest <laughs> but were you hoping maybe New Zealand could maybe cause another surprise and maybe you know get through to the next round i was actually hoping this one was going to be a end-to-end game with a lot of spectacle to it but unfortunately it was almost like a very disappointing fireworks display just nothing really happened of real interest and it Mm. seems to be it was just a real shame really because switzerland have only scored one of two goals both of them being against the philippines and Mm. that's really it nothing else they have that. They basically gotten through with two goals in the group, and that's it. It it just stinks of you get the, get through the group somehow, but where's the progress? It, it, they look really flat when they're going forward. They don't seem to know how to score goals, and it is a real real worry ahead of their game. Okay, they qualified, but I think if I'm honest, I think they should they they can count themselves lucky that they're not going home. I do feel there's an element of maybe getting through by default rather than any amazing skill. So they won their first game and then have just nil-niled their way over the line. And to top the group with five points, I mean, I think it maybe speaks more of the quality or rather lack of quality in the group. Um, Lottie, losing to the Philippines in their second game, this tournament, it's a missed opportunity for one of New Zealand, isn't it? They, they probably should have got out of the group, which would have been incredible. Absolutely, as a host, you expect them to get out of the group, but 
um, as we all know, New Zealand is a rugby and cricket nation. Um, to have record crowds there since the men's team played there is absolutely—it's an incredible milestone in terms of development, defensive developing in the football. Um, I think it's a case of they need to. They, if you look across that team, they all do their trade outside of New Zealand. There is no foot, football there. They all do their trade overseas and then they come back. I mean, you look at you look at the first day. Manny Riley's in the US. Um, CJ, CJ Bott is here and in England. And you look across that list, and there's many more that are spread across. That you maybe think, oh, I didn't know that that person was Kiwi, so to speak. Um, which I was surprised when I was going through that list properly, and I saw faces, and I'm like, oh, I know who you are. Um, but when it's a name on a bit of paper, you just not too sure if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, no, they've they've got scored their first goals. Um, it, it, bear in mind, it's taken them three tournaments to do this. This is their third tournament, and they're the hosts. Yeah. They've got their first first winning points as well, mm. and they've got their first clean sheet, which is absolutely mm. incredible for them. And which which I expected, but I did expect them to get out the group. So it's it's probably really disappointing, especially with everything that had did go on just before the World Cup kicked off. Yeah. Um. So it's a bit disappointing for New Zealand, um, but I hope they come back and they qualify again and they've learned lessons from this and they can progress yeah. and grow some more and definitely inspire future generations of New Zealanders. I mean, they need to find another goal scorer other than Wilkinson. I mean, that's probably one of the main things to get first. Absolutely. You shut her down and there's nothing there. Absolutely. And they should, I mean, Philippines, they finished bottom of the group. They didn't, they didn't uh, score a goal. I mean, they scored one goal against New Zealand, but they didn't get a win. I walked through. Yeah. They got a win, but they finished bottom of the group. New Zealand should have beaten the Philippines. That was the, that was the tournament. And the moment they lost that game, they were, they were out of the tournament, sadly. And I feel if there was any time they're going to get out of the group, it was going to be this tournament. They got the home advantage, they got the home crowd. They've won their first game against Norway, which probably, you know, if you take Hegel Reese out of the equation, you look at the team and think that's the big team of the group and that's the big scalp. And they've done all the hard work. And when they've got the one, the one team that they were supposed to beat before, you know, taking away all the rankings and stuff, they slipped up, lost one nil to the Philippines. Amazing moment for the Philippines. Took nothing away from them. Incredible moment for them. First win, first points, debut and all that. It's just, yeah, for the hosts. And it's the first time the host nation at the Women's World Cup hasn't made it out of the group. And I always feel that does tinge a tournament slightly when a host doesn't get out. Obviously, in this case, this is a dual host tournament and we'll cover what happened to Australia um, shortly. In the other game, as in, you know, New Zealand didn't go out because Norway did go through 6-0 against the Philippines. Matt, where's this team been all this time? Um, I think a lot of things have been said a lot of speculation about what's going on behind closed doors. I, if I'm honest, knowing some of these players, not by what has been said or anything, I'm and especially Frida Lone Hart and Mornham as well. Uh, well, mm. um, knowing the way she basically wears her heart on the, on the sleeve, um, and if something's not going right, you know it. You've seen it sometimes at Arsenal. She sort of. She doesn't really sulk. She's sort of a bit agitated. She she doesn't seem, but she has it. But she doesn't try to shy away. She only shies away if she's been blocked out of the game. And essentially, it was almost like Norway turned around, and gone. You know what? It's only the Philippines. Just see what happens. And just all of a sudden, just 
the goals started going in and it was one after another and it was just I felt more more sorry for the Philippines because it's their debut World Cup and it just feels like you don't want to go out losing six and seven nils yeah. like that. It was a it was a very uh, bad night for the Philippines and it is a shame because it was their day the debut tournament and up until then they were well they could actually still have gone out the group there yeah, they're three points on the board if they got something positive about the Norway game and there was a moment there it was goal difference and it was like well if Norway only win one nil New Zealand could still do it and then I think it was pretty much within 17 minutes it was all over um, the scorers uh, the main thing was one was Sophie Hull because you got a hat trick. Uh, Graham Hansen got in the, on the act as well and a penalty from Guru writing and there was a fortunate own goal from Barker. Philippines, to make things worse, had the player sent off um, Harrison. I think she just came off the bench and was involved with a very nasty sort of scrape down the ankle that got missed the first time around, but Barr picked up. And it just sort of felt like it was sort of one bad moment after the other for the Philippines. Just snowboard. In the second half, full composure went out the window. So they scored the own goal see the penalty got the player sent off and you know Norway scored six and I think it probably could have been more um Lottie we, we well we know Norway's got the talent you know Aga Hegerberg you know Carl and Graham Hansen got some more than right and you know, and more but they are managed by Hegerisa and as England fans of Team GB we, we know what her um managerial style shall we say is and how well I wouldn't say successful it is but we know sort of what it does it's like Norway is are they on the arm are they back to being challengers again or is this a one-off um I honestly say I can say I don't know because obviously Frida in Arsenal Warnham has had an absolute epic season at Arsenal mm. um for me she's really shone up bright and now she's a shadow of the player she was in season so um I think there's a lot of questions around what is going on in that locker room um yeah for the way that uh, Caroline Graham Hampson reacted and then her yeah. next day apology. But the picture, when you see Caroline talking to the press, Reese is sitting there standing smug, like, yes, mm. I've won this for me. And I think a picture paints a thousand words, but this is just speculation on my part. There is something more yeah. going on in the background for me. Mm. Um, and I know there's a few people in Woto who have, who have agreed with that. But obviously... We're not behind closed doors, so we can only speculate. No, we're not. There's we're something not. that's not triggering right that team with the amount of talent. Yes, they beat Philippines 6-0, but what happened to Switzerland? What happened to New yep. Zealand? Exactly. Like, exactly. You're turning up at last minute and I don't that won't be enough that won't be good enough for knockouts now. They need to turn up for every single game. Otherwise they're going out. End of story. And we get freedom on and back for back for pre season. Well, I mean that is divided. Getting the answer morning back. I mean, we've got three of our three of our girls already on their way home. Um, yeah. So whether they stay out there and have an extended holiday, who knows? But three will be back for the Champions League qualifying at this stage. I I I was very frustrated about this result because I yeah as an England fan of watching what happened with Team GB at the Olympics and some of the players Risa Hegarisa decided to um, leave behind, shall we say? And how much that's been well documented. I I found. Um, Seeing how Norway struggled in the first two games wasn't a surprise, and I, I thought it would have. I'd also say it's on the players because I think the, the players deserve better, and I, I, I do feel there is there is something wrong there. And I think if had Norway gone out at the group stage, I think it would have shone a greater light on that team, which I think is needed because there's a lot of talent there, 
And um, certainly the way they played, I mean, obviously I know it's before Reese's time, but I mean, at the Euros, when they got battered 8 0 by England, I mean, it was an unacceptable performance by a team with that much talent. But they are through. Um, so, you know, Reese you know, is justified, I suppose, in, in her position, you know, re- leading the team. They got the win. They're through um, into the knockout rounds. But I don't think we, I mean, Switzerland and Norway are through. Do we see either of them going further in the tournament? Matt, I'll come to you first. Any? Can we see a Swiss Swiss lift the World Cup at all, do you reckon? Or is it semi-final, quarter-finals maybe, last 16 for them? With the opposition they face, no. No. Lossi, can you see Norway going far? Or is it going to be a, a last 16 knockout? Absolutely not. Australia are not going to have it. And if uh, Queen Sam Kerr is back, they're in major trouble. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say Queen, I should say poster girl for the tournament and I really hope she gets some minutes I really do but again Australia have been really tight-lipped about her fitness but I just I think Australia aren't going to roll over like the Philippines no disrespect to the Philippines but yeah they're not they're not going to find the next game easy we're quite already mentioned that because um, our next protocol is Australia which we will cover Right off this break. And Coulthard plays with the Doncaster Bells, has an opportunity early in the second half to give England the lead. Welcome back to part two. We're going to pick apart Group B. So this was the other host nation. This was Australia against likes of Canada, Ireland and Nigeria. And uh, like New Zealand, Australia did slip up on their second group game against Nigeria, which left the group rather intriguingly placed. Australia play Canada, um, the Olympic gold medal champions, and uh, um, Ireland uh, were playing off against um, Nigeria. Ireland, sadly, already out of the World Cup with um, those two defeats. Um, But a a strong showing uh, from the Irish nonetheless. And they finished... Their World Cup with a nil-nil draw against Nigeria, um, but it very nearly wasn't, um, thanks to an incredible intervention from the Irish keeper Matt. Um, Save the tournament so far. It's, I think, the best way was, I believe, it was Pine, uh, Pine Matheson on the yeah. commentary. She made P- 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 described... Thank you, thank you. I always get it wrong. <laughs> Uh, I always get a name wrong. PN. Um, she basically described it as Gordon Banks-esque. So basically, yes. in uh, Mexico 70, Pele rises up with a header and he thinks it's going in right into the bottom corner. Gordon Banks just basically puts his hand on the line, ball bounces up and out over the crossbar and goes away for a corner. Very similar sort of circumstances for this one. It was just cross comes in, Hedge that goes down, you think it's going to go in, and just Courtney Brosnan just gets a hand on it, and it go, and it just, it, it, just the physics of the ball just defy, mm. it defy, it's defied the laws of physics. It, it's just a brilliant save, and I think that I, I know Ireland won't be happy with how things have gone, but if if you're talking about moments, this is probably up there with K, the Casey McKay goal. The um yes. the chances that that Ireland had in that first game with Louise Quinn with Katie McCabe, these are all moments that will be like 
um, Lauren McCabe and her fellow internationals would be like, I want to be able to have my own moment at my at that World Cup. And I think that Ireland can be proud of how they've done. And those sort of moments are just great to have. It's just a shame, really, that their stories come to an end. They did get a bit unlucky with the group drawn, in fairness. I mean, in the end of the group with, um, with the hosts, uh, Canada and, and Nigeria. And it was always going to be an uphill task for them. I do hope they qualify again. I hope Katie McKay gets another World Cup. She deserves it. But you know, they've, they've made their, left their mark on the tournament with you know, that incredible uh, Olympico uh, goal, which just it's, it, they're, they're amazing to watch. They're, happy, like unicorn. We don't see them many often, but when they do, they're, they're special. And that was a very special goal. Um, and like I said, that save at the end. But it's a point. It's a clean sheet. Um, it's it's the first World Cup for the Irish. For the Irish. Um, hopefully, we see them again soon. Hopefully, they can get a win um, next time they qualify. But it's it's obviously a growing growing nation of footballers. There's a lot of talent in there, and there's a lot more talent coming through. Just here, like to I think. And so forth. Sorry, Adam. I just want to add to that. I think it's not. Although it seems like a negative experience now, you need to think about. They've qualified for their first World Cup. They've scored a worldie in their first World Cup. Yes. And they've managed yes. to take away a minimum of one point. Yes. So the next, in the next four years, their next aim is to win a game, mm. I think, for me. And just taking them tiny steps at a time. Because once you win one game, you want to win the next and the next. And it, it's sort of a rolling sort of stone sort of thing. Um, but I, I think they, they were brilliant. I am so incredibly proud of Arcadi. Um, I mean, she led the country, you know, even even speaking in our post-match interview after Nigeria, I mean, it's, just like, it's a bit sweet for them at this point. But hopefully she did enjoy her point down the pub um, <laughs> after that. So, yeah, I just hope, I hope they keep pushing, keep kicking on and they start qualifying for other white tournaments. You never know, you might see them in the Euros. That would be great as well if you can see him in the, in the Euros at the Euros or the, or the World Cup because, you know, we need more Katie McCabe um, at, at tournaments, um, the player of that. Oh, absolutely. Tournament Katie we, we, McCabe is amazing yeah. alongside Denise Sullivan. And, yeah, I mean, we look, I look at our um, Arsenal captain, Kim Little, such a talented player, but d- denied so much time at tournaments, mixture of injury and the fact of Scotland hardly ever qualifying. And it's almost criminal. So best of luck. Thanks for, thanks for the memories, Ireland, and best of luck for the uh, the next tournament. Hopefully we'll see you there soon. The other game in the group stole all the goals, and that was Australia. Um, I mean, where do we begin with this one? Can- well, firstly, Canada. I mean, I had such high hopes for Canada. Um, I did a talk with um, uh, She's Called Bangers uh, in the build-up. Yeah, we did a preview pod. I hope you, uh, hope you were able to tune in and listen to it. It was very interesting. Talking about Canada, talking about the Olympics, talking about the issues behind the scenes with the, the Canadian FA. And they come into this tournament with experience. They come into this tournament with the best striker in history, in Christian Sinclair, and a team that usually gets out of the group. And I thought going into this game against Australia, you know, they had four, four points on the board, I think it was. Yeah, four points on the board. Um, and they looked well set to get out of the group. They just had to overcome the hosts. And I, all I can say is they were an absolute shambles. Um, Australia had them on toast for 90 minutes. Uh, Rasso with a brace could have been, um, could have probably should have been more than that. Fowler, 58, one if it wasn't, uh, you know, for unlucky with an offside. And of course, the wonderful Steph Catley with a, an amazing penalty with the last, pretty much the last kick of the game. But 
I mean, Matt, Canada, I mean, this was meant to be the most defensively solid team of the of the uh, World Cup. People were saying, oh, Canada's going to be tough to break down, and you're going to struggle to score against them. I mean, it took a, it took a weldy from McCabe to do it in the previous, uh, in, in the second round, and then I think in the first round, I think it was, well, they got a clean sheet against Nigeria, um, and I think they were yeah, maybe a bit unlucky not to get the win there. But what happened? Well, first and foremost, Steph Catley is wonderful. Um, he but, is wonderful, absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, uh, I look at you. Look at Canada, and there's issues throughout. It's not just only their international team; it's their youth academy. Uh, youth academy. Their youth teams have failed to qualify out of the groups, which mm. te- which seems to tell you that the um, we've talked about this on as well. You've through she scores bangers. It's a great watch for those that haven't. Please go and watch it back. You've also got um, when we talked about it ourselves on the uh, fallout as well. Please go back and watch that as well because it was it was um, key to the. It's kind of key to this sort of situation. Canada have basically been the torchbearers along with the US and the Scandinavians. Mm as champion as well as brazil as well because they they can basically they are champions of football whether it's it's olympic champions or it's world champions or it's uh being closely fought out for the for for their regional title it seems like their national um the fa the fa have failed them bev priestman when you look at them see the videos that she's put out, uh, that the Canada FA have put out, um, not the FA, that's on the original tweets, and she's sitting down and she's telling the players when they're going, if if they're going or not, and she's got that, such an understanding with this group, and you thought this team could be doing something really special at this tournament. Okay, they've got to come up against Nigeria, Australia, and Ireland as well, but they can do it. And for whatever reason, albeit it might be behind the scenes that we won't know the full story, or we have some of the story, but not the full story to a full extent, until maybe a couple of months down the line. Essentially, Canada are failing a generation because they're not putting money into their uh, into the football and. If you if you're expecting um, Canada to go to the next World Cup, I wouldn't be surprised if there were is no World Cup for them next time around because if they're not putting the money in now, it's too little too late and and I th- I think they've failed themselves because they've been failed to be able to prepare uh, as the old saying goes and it's a real shame because um, Canada have always been a great watch at tournaments. Mm. and it's it's just a real shame that they've gone out like this but you saw how Jessie Fleming was in tears she was almost yeah. she um and the fact that she, she was sort of in tears still giving an honest interview about the uh, 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 trying to apologize to fans about the whole situation is it's not the player's fault that they've been let down at the end of the day other people have decided to break the break I, I, yeah, I think that's right. Break their spirit. I know it sounds it's, really rad. Ra- yeah, Canada's an, an interesting um, example of, of how to fail 
um, the legacy. They had the World Cup, they hosted the World Cup, it was a good World Cup, and they did nothing with it. And I think that's absolutely criminal. They don't have their own lead because, you know, the end of the cell. Um, there's no investment. The, the money's all running out. Uh, they didn't have a friend pre-season think final friendly playoff game like we did with the Portugal game. We didn't have a send-off game. Um, the only warm-up I think they had was that nil-nil against um, us, in a, which I don't think was very competitive in that behind-the-closed-doors game. Um, from from being Olympic champions to, to, I would say, limping out of the World Cup. I mean, we wouldn't have this argument if Christian Sinclair had scored that penalty against Nigeria because they'd be on six points and they'd already be through. But based on sort of what we've seen over the um, three, three games, I don't think you can make a case they deserve to go through. I just they just haven't been good enough. And I think there's a element of if you're relying on Christine Sinclair, I mean this is probably going to be her last but it's got to be her last World Cup uh, at this point in her career. And if you're relying on a player at that age, you shouldn't you sh- I know she's great, but you shouldn't be this she should be the player coming off the bench. She shouldn't be the um the the, the, the starting forward. I think by the end of the I think by the um Australia game, I think she was on the bench, I think by the end of it. But, you know, that's it. Chloe Lacasse, real shame we didn't get to see more of her. I was hoping to see more of you know, our new, new forward signing. Hopefully we'll see more when we come back with uh, Arsenal. Same as Sabrina. Obviously, we knew Sabrina D'Angelo wasn't going to be the main starting keeper um, for Canada. As for Australia, I mean, they, I mean, I, I did, when I saw that, I did give me hope for the England game because it did seem in that game, even though Sam Kerr wasn't starting, she was on the bench, um, but, you know, she was back amongst the team. It did feel like the team had um, finally clicked. And I thought, I'll hope for the same move for England. As it turns out, it was the same for England. But Lottie, um, Catley and Ford, the left flank, we know how good it is for Arsenal, but how good was it to, well, how good it was it in this game? Uh, do you know what? They were absolutely setting that field alight. Mm. And it just shows you Australia aren't a one woman team. Got to be honest with you. Um, Oh, it's just you know what it works so well, and it's something we get we have the privilege to see week in mm. week out, and yeah. they fully applied that to their advantage. Um, I mean, they play with each other all year round. So I mean, on the pitch, and it's it's just such an artwork. I mean, they were the best two players on that pitch for me, regardless of who scored goals yeah. or whatever. But mm-hmm. they were the key to key to the undoing. Um, I, I, I t- just touching back on Canada as well. Really disappointed for, from yeah. them. I thought again, this is, this is one of the big fixtures that you want to be watching. Um, so this was the one I watched over Nigeria and Republic of Ireland. Good choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, was, again, I was undercover, undercover watching it on the iPad. Yeah. Um, as usual. Uh, but I just I enjoyed every moment of that game. It was just absolutely brilliant. VR VAR decisions were interesting. Um the first yeah, one. A few curious ones. Looked yeah, offside to well, me. Well, this is the beautiest thing is when you when it's on the angle and the TV angles, it looks because you see it all the time in the Premier League, but the key is always not to look what you see, but to look at the lines on the pitch. And then when you get the 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 virtual reality ultimate offside and you can see she's miles onside and it's and that and I think for me when you see a decision like that and you see what it actually is in reality that actually you think okay that's a bar thing when you say fair enough that's a lot yeah, of the thing trick. is the thing thing is stuff like this this is what I like about VAR you can actually go, you get the animations mm. of where the lines are and where everything is 
And I think that's the one thing I have enjoyed about this tournament, where we've, you've got a mixed panel of VAR, of male and female. I think there's a bit of voice of reason, and the reason of the voice, voice of reason? Yes. Yeah. Yes, the, the voice, of, the voice of logic and reason in there. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I don't want to sound, I'm going to sound really sexist, it's not all guys in there, there's a mixture of both. And I think that brings a bit more balance for me personally. Like, I'm enjoying having female referees. I'll be honest, I hold my hands up. Um, yeah, no, it's good. No, so I've, I have, I have enjoyed, I have really enjoyed it because they're clear cut. There's no decisions, and if the VAR room says you need to come look at the screen, it's done. There's no faffing around. Do you know what I mean? Rather than the ref standing going one minute listening to the explanation, rather than going over to the screen. Um, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, no, it's just oh, that game had everything you wanted in it. Disappointed in Canada and. Mm. It's really sad for Christine Sinclair, if it, as it is her last World Cup. She is retiring from international football. Um, and she she will be greatly missed by Canada, I think. And that, and sadly, it was was history missed for uh, for Sinclair. I did want to tap in some of the goal scorers. It was, as I said earlier, it was a brace and Rasso, Fowler and Catley. Three of those four have had the fortune, slash misfortune, of playing under uh, Gareth Taylor. At Man City, uh, Rasso was there for for two seasons. The left Fowler was at the moment. Um, it does make you wonder why we don't see. Well, we never saw that from Rasso in in the WSL, um, and then we never we haven't really seen Fowler play for Man City with WSL Live. It's quite clear that they are such um, exciting talents. Yeah, um, absolutely. City, City have lost out there, losing mm. losing Rasso. Absolutely Rasso. lost out. I think it's Rasso. Rasso. Hayley Rasso's move doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, Real Madrid. So yes, yeah. essentially, they're all gaining the a players playoff. are going slowly over to uh, Madrid and actually shining for them. I mean, Caroline. I'm actually quite done. looking forward to her linking up with Linda Casado now. That will be really interesting to see. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Especially if she continues playing the way she does. I think City have really screwed up there. Um, if they do lose Mary Fowler, they like you can rotate. I feel, I feel like they can rotate her in with. Um, Lauren Hemp. Lauren Hemp has played every single game yeah. to see. She hasn't had a break yeah. at all, including the Euros last summer. Like you can see, we've seen in the first two England games, she's physically tired. So why not give Mary Fowler a shot? She's been brilliant yeah. for Australia. Mm. So going through uh, from that group were Australia and Nigeria. Big, big moment for Nigeria. Big result for Nigeria. Five points. Bummy. A. Um, one uh, a point against Ireland, a point against uh, against Canada, and, a, and a sh- I think we can say it was probably a shock three two win over um, Australia. Oh, absolutely! Australia. I mean, this tournament for the African nations been, has been absolutely massive. Um, to have all te- three teams win a game for the first is the first time in history, and that is absolutely yeah. massive progress for them. And I'm really excited for them all to come back. Um, obviously in the next World Cup, but. For Nigeria to win this group, amazing, absolutely amazing. I'm really, really pleased for them. And sorry, Nigeria came second. Sorry, Australia. Oh, sorry, the Nigeria came second. Sorry, but because yeah, but then to but come because Nigeria, take that back. Yeah, but because Nigeria came second, they will play uh, England in the next round of fixtures. I think that's going to be a very, very, very interesting game. Uh, Australia. I, don't know off the top of my head who they've got now. I don't know if you, you know Matt. Do you Denmark. know who it is? 
Denmark. Okay, right. So that's one to watch then. Australia versus Denmark. Well, we're going to come to that uh, in our review the Denmark game, which we'll do later on. But until then, it's a quick break. Welcome back. Welcome back to part three of the show, where we're going to go through Group C. Um, two games. They were Costa Rica, Zambia, and Japan, Spain. Lots of goals, lots of intrigue, and a bit of a shock along the way. Um, Zambia, Costa Rica, they'd lost, sadly, both their games. And so this was sort of a, a wooden spoon avoidance playoff, which Zambia tried 3-1. But the big result, the big, big, big result of the group was Japan or Spain nil, a result I think none of us saw coming. Um, we'll get to them in a bit, but first, Costa Rica, Zambia. Um, we've spoken a bit about Canada being disappointing, and I think there have been a few disappointments in this, in this uh, World Cup. I'd have to put Zambia in there, and I know they're in a tough group, but I expected so much more of them, especially after they beat Germany in that friendly before the, uh, the World Cup started, especially with the likes of Banda. Um, leaving the line. She did get on the score. She did get on the score sheet, rather. But and this she did one... get the World Cup's thousandth goal. Yes, I was going to get. <laughs> fair page, Lottie, because I do often steal people's stats. So fair page, Lottie. She stole that one off me. So yeah, fair enough. I, I deserve that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Muiba uh, got the ball rolling after three minutes, and as you say, Banda scored the the thousandth goal. It was a thirty-first minute penalty. Bit of a dubious one given by VAR. Um, Costa Rica got one back in the second half with Herrera, but uh, Kudananji, apologies, got a, thank you, uh, got a late third for Zambia in added time to kill the game off. It's a big result for Zambia. It's their first ever World Cup win, a sort of victory in defeat as a whole. Um, I expected more from them, but Matt, thoughts on Zambia? I think when you know that you're out, these sort of games, it's almost like you want to go out on a high. You don't want to leave it. You want to leave everything that out there on the pitch. And it's it doesn't seem like it was a mismatch. It was very much um, end-to-end. But Zambia had the best, of, uh, were better than uh, Costa Rica on the day. There was no, no doubt about yeah. it. Um, Costa Rica just didn't have any answers really towards what Zambia were throwing at them and at the end of the day uh, Zambia were able to get the goals that they have been threatening but weren't able to get in those first two games against Spain or Japan and it's a huge step for them because it means that okay yep they got their goals Uh, it also means they got their first three points and they've got something to look forward to um, I think they'll most likely now look towards Olympic qualification uh, yeah. for Paris next year. Um, it, it'll be similar sort of things you'd imagine for Costa Rica. Costa Rica will be very disappointed, but they'll probably be looking at Olympic qualification as well, seeing if that's doable. And hopefully they can go um, and get some more experience because this is what they need. They need the experience to be able to grow and develop. Um and make sure that maybe next time they are the ones that are going to cause more chaos in the group. Maybe they're the ones that are going to go and sc- 
score three goals against uh, the host nation, where whoever it may be next time around, because that's still got to be decided uh, for the World Cup. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, my annoyance is that I put Bander in as my lead striker in my fantasy team, and this means that she's one of the many players I've got to swap out, so I've got to find um, an alternative striker. Um, I don't think it's going to let me put Amanda Illestead up as a forward on the system. I don't think it will let me somehow, which is a shame. Um, but no, Zambia, um, they depart, sadly. Um, I had hoped for more, obviously, uh, especially Banda getting you know, two hat-tricks. Um, well, even I think it was a quadruple, I think it was against China in the Olympics. Such an amazing tournament there. And I was hoping maybe we'd see some of the, the chaos of the World Cup wasn't to be. But a first World Cup win, a massive stepping stone for them in the development going forward. And um, I think the AFCON will be interesting. The women's AFCON will be interesting for, for like to Zambia, see how they do there, see how they develop. I, yeah, I don't think it's the last we'll see in the World Cup. As for Costa, you know, zero points, no, no game, no wins, just the one goal. A very poor showing. Although they were, like I said, in a, in a very tough group um, with Spain, and it turns out, I think what we can all agree is the surprise package of the World Cup, which is Japan. Which we're going to tap onto next. So Japan four, Spain nil. Um, this was a game I think we thought was going to be the most technical. Um, uh, match of the World Cup so far. Two teams going into the game, they've racked up five more wins already in the group stage, lots of goals, but the approach play, the passing, the movements, the the, the free-flowing nature of the football was just, it was always so attractive to watch. You just wondered which one would, would be able to out-art the upper one. And um, Matt, I don't think we were expecting this to be the answer. Yes, um, I don't think we were expecting it at all. I think we were expecting maybe a draw. They both knew they were through, so it didn't really matter who was going to be top or who was going to be bottom. It might matter more of them for, for pathway reasons. But Japan are slowly getting on people's radar. Well, not slowly. Slowly, they are getting on everyone's radar for certain reasons, and those reasons are the technical ability and to put the sword to Spain like that, it's almost like you're showing the world how to play against Spain. And Which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Spain it, we're talking about. Uh, it, it's such an oddity. I know who, um, when we were going through the groups, I said that um, Jan, Japan, Jan, Japan are going through a um, transitional phase. It seems like the transition has already happened and they're slowly storming through this um, this phase that they weren't even supposed to be at yet. And if they're doing that, then uh, honestly, they could end up being so dangerous you don't know whether they're going to win the win these games four or five or they could win one nil because they are one of the only teams yet to concede this tournament true but they have not thanks to that penalty that china scored against them um japan have kept three clean sheets so they've won a few teams maybe even their own team um obviously there are still third round games still to play um to keep clean sheet in every game uh the goals uh two for miyazawa uh, in the first half and another from Uke, uh, Uki and Tanaka got one uh, right at the end in a 4-0 win. It reminded me uh, to use a men's football, compar- football comparison to the time we went over to Spain in a Nations League game um, and we got under Gareth Southgate and Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling and Michael Trash for a 3-0 lead at half time 
with just these amazingly rapid counter-attacks. Spain would dominate the ball, they'd hem us in, and then quick ball forward, long ball forward, tap it round, and suddenly Rashford's clean through, putting us 2-0 two, two up. Um, and it was, I remember, one of the most amazing, crazy 45 minutes of football I think I've ever watched as an England fan going away to a place like Spain. We end up having to hang on for a 3-2 win. But that first half, just the way we were able to counter Spain and, and move through Spain and be ruthless, and I think that's what Japan was. I think they said in the country, three touches in the Spanish box, three goals. And the finishing was incredible. It was it was power, it was top corner, it was kind of the fourth goal, the way they sort of bent that one into the top corner, just ruthless um, efficiency from uh, from Japan. Whereas Spain, I mean, I this is the biggest, always been the biggest question with Spain. We assume they have so much talent. We assume they they, they should walk these tournaments with the talent they have. And yet, for some reason, they seem to cover crop. And because of this, this fumble, I would say, they're now finishing second in their group. So whoever is finishing uh, first in the other group before they might be getting Japan. Bad luck getting Spain. Have fun with that. Um, Lottie, a bit of a disappointment from Spain? Absolutely. I'm so disappointed with them. But before I move on to we move on to Spain, can I just say, can we just acknowledge Miyazawa? I don't know mm. if I pronounced that properly. She's had two braces in two, in three games. Um, yeah. for someone who's very much unknown from my point of view, that's absolutely absolutely brilliant. I mean, to score two against Spain is no easy feat. Um, and if anybody is playing the fancy so fantasy football, she's only earning two hundred fifty thousand dollars, so she's a bargain that midfield um but she's she just she's actually kind of a joy to watch her and her and the way she just fits through the midfield she has all that freedom like georgia stanway does and it's 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 brilliant but back to spain um for me it's just so disappointing i mean you look at the talent they've got and it's just not registering uh, i mean this is their first challenge and I expected them to step up to the plate. Japan did. With all their changes, they definitely yeah. did. But Spain, it was so disappointing. Jenny Jenny Hermoso, Alexia Putellas, majority of the team were former shadows of themselves during that game. And it's, it's not something I expected. Um, you, you just look at it and you think, what's happened? I mean, they probably are going to face their toughest fixture next. Um, We've got Switzerland next. Yeah. Uh, With Leo yeah, Volpotti in the middle and the way she's actually mm. led in Group A, you're you're not getting past Leo Volpotti. She's the one thing that I do love about Arsenal. I'm sorry to, to put this domestic. We've got so many leaders in this team. They take it internationally, and it's just incredible to see. Like we've seen St- uh, Katie McCabe step up, we've seen the Avolti step up, we've seen Steph Catley step up in, in absence of Sam Kerr, and it's it's absolutely massive and it's just so exciting. There are players, and um, but you've also got the likes of Noel Maritz at the back as well. She's been brilliant, and I just can't see the likes of Alexia Putellas having all that space that she likes crossing into Jenny Hermoso against Switzerland because they're so well drilled. If you look at the way they won the group. They haven't let her go in at all. So it'll be interesting to see if they score or not. But they'll the have to do it better than they did against Japan. Because yeah. 
again, Japan are, are that solid unit. If the team moves to one side, everybody goes. Everybody goes to the right. They've got the same sort of movement as Colombia, and I think I think they've absolutely nailed that nailed their formations and the way they move on the pitch perfectly. Do you think this is the fault of George Wilder and the uh, the on-running saga with the, uh, oh, the players? Absolutely. Who- you know, not you know, opting not to play or not being allowed to play. Um, I mean, it's just we talk about Absolutely, Canada. We talk yeah. about the way the Canada Fair mismanaged their team. And the, yeah. Again, this, this is mismanaged. The, yeah. I wouldn't be complaining about these defense, the defense, and the defensive mistakes of that of, of Spain's defense. If we had players like Mappy Leon there, I can praise Mappy Leon till. I'm dead in the grave, literally. Mm-hmm. And but she's so vital to that defense. I mean, you can see how much they miss it. It's a bit like France missing missing their two other forwards with um, Diani. It's exactly the same situation. Um, but obviously, the one's out of injury. Well, they're both out of injuries. Um, so it's it's it was really dis- it's disappointing from Spain. They could have done more, for sure. But I don't know how far they're going to go now. I really don't. Well, they only got two shots on target in that game, which, I mean, over the, I mean, I know. I've, For the, I've, the calibre of players, that is disappointing. That is very it's disappointing. And I, I, I'm also, so obviously apologise as well, because I um, slept on Japan as, as a nation. They didn't we have a great did. World Cup. In, we all did. I mean, I mean, this is a team that's got to back-to-back World Cup finals. But, as I've said to you when, we, when we're not recording pods, I've always said they've got the perfect, but I've said they've got the perfect balance of raw new talent and experience. But I mean, I I watched Japan play in 2019 when they played England, and they weren't playing anything like this. This is really scary football, really scary attacking, beautifully crafted football, and that is um, if, if if I mean England always played Japan in the World Cup, and so I'm really worried if we do end up having to play them at some point on the way, but. I mean, we're looking forward to the rest of the tournament. Firstly, with Spain, they play Switzerland in their last 16 um, playoff. Um, I think we're going to agree Switzerland are going to give Spain a game. Spain have never won a knockout round of the World Cup. They've always gone out. They'll get out of the group and then they'll, they'll drop off. Do we see them ending that hoodoo quickly? Yes, no, Matt? Spain, knockout Switzerland? I, I generally do not know about this one, if I'm honest. Uh, it, could go, it could end up going to penalties if I'm honest, and Switzerland have done really well with penalties in the past. It's how they qualified for the Euros, so if I had to hedge a bet on it, if it ends up being nil-nil, goes to penalties, I'd give it to Switzerland. I, I could see it going nil-nil penalties in fairness. Lottie, quick one for you. Yeah, uh, nil-nil AET, and then on to penalties, really. Um, especially if Switzerland decide to park the bus at a nil-nil. I mean, we've learned that that Spain love to pass a pass. So they'd rather pass than than take a shot. We've seen it in some of the games. They'll get maybe a, a little mini goal burst, and then they'll just pass the rest of the game. I just feel a team like Switzerland so disciplined defensively, which we've seen already at the uh, at the World Cup. I think if the um, if they get their defensive structure right and they frustrate Spain, they'll um, they they could take them all the way to hundred minutes of penalties. As for Japan, they play Norway uh, fresh from that six nil. Uh, uh, win over the Philippines. Um, has Hagaris and Norway, Norway t- turned the corner or is, will Japan roll them over? I know where my money's at. Lottie? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be Japan. Sorry, is it Japan? They're playing next. Yeah, Japan. Yeah, Japan. Norway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to think about that then. Um. Oh, Japan. All the way. I'm. I'm. I'm looking I, at maybe I, yeah. three one minimum. Minimum. Because if you if look Japan at play, yeah. Saki Kumagai, Saki Kumagai, she she absolutely has total command of that back line, and I have been watching her play, and she she knows she knows what it means to be a World Cup champion. She's the only one left in that 2011 squad, and if that those younger players are going to learn anything, you need to be learning off her, because she knows what it takes to be a world champion. She could be a two-time world champion by the time the World Cup's over. And Which would be incredible. And yes. Do we? Um, actually, do we? Which I do. I'll go to you, Matt, in a minute quickly. Matt, do you think it's a uh, uh, Norway beat Japan, or do you reckon Norway are are going to overcome Japan? Do you reckon, which way do you going to go? I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being like an eight-nil situation with Japan, and not be to be too harsh, but it just seems like. Norway are very much individuals more than a team and whatever is happening mm. behind the scenes whether it's because they don't like the coach or not I think this is the end of Norway and Japan are just going to fly yeah. through if I'm honest I want Japan to go through I think they've played the best football in the tournament so far um, my theory is always is a lot of time with these teams that play really really nice really good football and you really get invested in them and they get to the knockout rounds and they and they get scuppered. They something happens and they 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 get they, they trip up with their shoelaces and, and end up going out in the, in the last sixteen. But I really hope they do well. I'll be. I mean, if they got to, the, I mean, look at the talent. Think if they played at that level, you think you would think that no team could live with them. Um, of course, the only team of quality quality. And I say that in inverted commas and not as an insult to Costa and Zambia. But the, the big team they face is, is um, Spain, and that is obviously a, a team which has its own issues. So it'll be. Interesting to see how they do against Norway. Uh, uh, my money is on them. I've not going to quite go 8-0, but I could definitely see a 2 or 3-1 three, three, potentially there, but definitely Japan for me. Um, but that, that's some of that particular group. That's group C. We're going to cover the rest of the groups right after this very quick break. Welcome back to the last part of our round three round up. Just three games left. We'll start with Group E, uh, Portugal, USA, Vietnam and the Netherlands. A very intriguingly poised group after the USA drew one all with the Netherlands. And we'll start with the Netherlands first. They played Vietnam, one the other debutants. And um, I think this was a chance for the Netherlands to sort of flex their muscle and, and show the rest of the world talent they're in possession of Matt you saw I think did you see a couple of these goals yes unfortunately ITV uh, and their fun and games on the hub whatever you want to call it now uh, wasn't fun and I missed basically the first 20 odd minutes so um, <laughs> it, it was it's not it wasn't fun and games if I'm honest um but watching it back, you could tell that uh, Jonker had basically just told them to go out, enjoy themselves. Didn't matter about the result, although yeah. it's a World Cup match. It does matter about the result yeah. for them. But it was almost like 
literally your the chains had come off and they just uh, I think the best yeah I think the best analogy I can come up with is you know when it's like a time when you uh, you like one of your worst subjects like it, whether it's science or school or whatever yeah I mean you know you got lunch or and then you got or a break it's almost like you're just rushing to get out the door and everyone and mm. see your friends and essentially what I felt was this game and I feel a bit hard done by um for Vietnam because they just didn't know what 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 hit them it just out of nowhere just just they just they were just spinning constantly and the and the Netherlands just kept on uh, firing them in the goals there were seven of them which I think at the moment is the highest scoring game at the World Cup so far so that's been the German yeah, record so not, seven nil now yeah dropped uh drop kick Germany off their pedestal Absolutely not them off their perch, um, which is interesting. We, we mentioned a thing in a few pods ago about the idea there hadn't been these big score lines, um, but we asked, they are, I think, starting to appear a bit more. We haven't hit double figures yet, but um, this was one of the ones I did think could have gone the whole way. It was 5 0 at half time. So uh, Martin's got the ball rolling with a nice little lobbing in, in the box. Uh, uh, Snice uh, made it two with a good volley placed in the bottom corner. Uh, Esme Brute, what a talent this this player is. Um, two near identical curlers either side of half time, top bin stuff, beautiful to watch. You know, we, we were talking about uh, on the England part about Lauren James, the fact that she was just scoring worldies of fun. Well, Brute is doing something very similar for Netherlands. Very exciting player to look out for. Um, Rod also got a brace of her own, and Van der Donk scored uh, the Netherlands fifth just before half time. Brute and Rod's second goals from the second half. What a performance from the Netherlands. I mean, Lottie, um, uh, sorry, Matt, rather, any, uh, can, can the Netherlands go all the way this time around? They did last time. I think this group is more conjoined than they were at the Euros. There was a lot of uh, bad press around the the previous manager in uh, Mark Parsons. Yeah. And it just feels like they've got it's the old Netherlands, although they don't have the Vivian Miedemar effect, they've got mm. other ways that they can win games and it doesn't matter if um but uh, she's not there or not, but she's always somehow involved. Um just before they left the Yonka was talking to her just to get the the ideas flowing, make sure that she was ready for when she does return, to, whether or not she was going to make that September squad is another th- issue. Um, but this Netherlands team is off the mark and they are hitting great form. I do want to say, though, Danielle van der Donk had a nice little press conference after the game. I don't know if you saw this, uh, mm-hmm. but a fan's got her a shirt with her in the uh, swimming Swim cap. cap. Yes, I've She's seen that. Wearing it in yeah. an interview. It was so brilliant and she takes everything on the chin as well and it kind of misses the time where she actually left just before I started to watch Arsenal women properly and I just kind of go I'd love to be able to have seen her play properly I mean I've got to see her at the Euros twice luckily enough but she she's such a great player on and off the pitch and if you've got someone like that I'm a bit surprised she hasn't been given the captaincy role if I'm honest I think she's like the vice captain potentially um but she's certainly she is certainly a lead. she only leads by example on the pitch and yeah one for me one of the great tragedies was i know ne- i never properly saw 
um, Fanny Donk at Arsenal. I was, I was there to people before me and she was playing Arsenal sort of, you know, 2016 sort of time. And I didn't really follow until 2019, but which time my career was sort of, it was on its, on its way down. It was after we won the league title. I never got to see her at a peak. And that, I, that is not just with Van der Donk. That's, for me, that's the same, the likes of Dennis Burkamp and Thierry Henry. I never saw them at their best, only when they were um, at the end of their time at Arsenal. Um, but as for the Netherlands, thumping win. They're into the next round. I will, uh, I'll try and find out who they're going to play next. But before then, Portugal, USA. Now, this was the game I was really, really excited about because there was this, this really exciting prospect that the USA could go out at the group stage, which would have been amazing. All that needed to happen is that Portugal had to beat the USA. Um, Lottie, did you watch this one? Yes, I did. And How so close what? did Portugal get? <laughs> well, put it this way, the the reigning current world champions got saved by a post, and that was the most exciting part of the game. Um, <laughs> And I think before I sit here and droll on about the US and how boring they were, um, <laughs> I've got to absolutely praise Portugal and Jess Silva. Yeah. I mean, they were absolutely incredible. They actually, for them to go up against the USA and not be afraid and actually challenge yeah. for that spot, especially as it's their first World Cup after their first Euros, is nothing short of incredible. Um, they got their first goals, they got their first points, they've got their first clean sheets. And for a debutant, it doesn't seem much from neutrals, but that is progress yeah. for them as a country. And I, I, I'm looking forward to them coming back. I mean, there's moments, there's been moments um, where you see Noel Maritz talking to Jess Silva, and it's, it's, there's little things, like, although we know. What's going on the way? Come to Arsenal. Those come come yeah. to Arsenal, Jess Silva. <laughs> yeah, no, there is there is there is that element to it, but we know on the way so well what's going on with them. So it's it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 the little things that are actually actually just just great about this. And I think there's a lot of players there that will be looked at to come into the WSL or go into the NWSL. Yep. Because they've done so incredibly, um, and they they put the USA in the back foot. They didn't know what to do or how to get round them. They even had Alex Morgan panicking, firing shots away. Alex Morgan. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting all tournament to watch an England uh, a USA game, which is not an England game. I've not missed one of those. A USA game, and I thought, oh, this is going to be the juiciest fixture because it's the playoff. <laughs> it's on at a reasonable time here in England. Yeah. And I was so bitterly disappointed. Like Portugal yeah. ran that game. I mean, to have 55% possession against the world champions says it all. There was, there was no, yeah. absolutely no control. The shots were off target and it was just, yeah, it was just boring. I was disappointed. And whoever they play, if they go on to play Sweden, Sweden, um, I can see them going home. Sweden will literally eat them for breakfast. Um, the way Sweden yeah. have been playing, they're going home. So the USA, they Unless are... they step up. Yeah, so USA finished second of the group. They've only won one game in this World Cup so far. And this and is their they... second worst run in a tournament yeah. as well. Now, I haven't done this research. I'm just thinking, this is me purely thinking off the top of my head. 
but they haven't they didn't score obviously score a goal in this World Cup. And the the last time I can think of that happening was 2007 when they lost to Brazil. Yes, that's the year. Sorry, I couldn't remember the year, but that is the stat. Oh, that was yeah, 2000. And I think it was four 0 I think it was Brazil. I think yeah. it was the semi final. Um, they just got, and I think that I mean that in itself is an incredible record. They, to go by that, for, just for the record of England, um, the last time they failed to score in a game was in 2015, when we lost one nil to France. Um, since then, we've scored in every game, which again for England is just amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm amazed how sort of um, disappointing the USA have been. I know there's a limit of this passing the guard. There's statesmen that it's the last World Cup, like Megan Rapino. But yet, only win one game. Netherlands, I can sort of understand it there that it was a top of the you know group tussle between the two. But yeah, the Portugal game, you've expected them to have turned up. And the, I mean, I, I mean, Portugal, they, they were that close. They were a whip for post, were just sinking them in the 91st minute. That's what it was. If they if they had nailed that, the it would have been an unbelievable moment. As it is, if, um, if Sweden, if the group G goes as it stands. Sweden will play the USA and the Netherlands will play Italy. Now, Sweden did play the USA in the Olympics and Sweden won 3-0, so they'll be confident. Um, but that's, yeah, that's going to be one to uh, to watch, I think. But USA, I, I don't know. I rule them out, but then again, this is the USA. They, they could just turn it on and suddenly kick into gear, find their winning spirit, and they'll romp away to another World Cup. But I, I think they're It feels like something's there. not clicking like Norway. Mm-hmm. I've spoken yeah. to a few people and they they seem to want the manager to go and he's not the right man for the job anymore. Well, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens in in the in the last 16 but I wouldn't be surprised if the USA slip up if, if Sweden play if Sweden are the ones that do top the group and they play as well as we've seen them play in the in the especially in that game against Italy. Um I think you know the likes of um Stina, Rolfo um, you know, I don't think the USA will be able to handle the penalty box movements of Amanda Elisted. Um it, it just Yeah, and then with yeah, Christina yeah. getting on the scoreboard as well. I think she'll be looking for to, some more. Yeah, and it may be her to come off the bench and, and maybe get a goal as well. I mean, you know, really rub salt on the wounds. Um but that was group E. before we sign off, we're just gonna quickly dive into group D. Um we're not gonna cover England because we covered that in a previous pod. Do make sure you check that out. We had some amazing guests on there. Uh, G and Ryan uh, gladly spent their time with us to talk about England's 6-1 win over China. The other uh, result in the group was, of course, Denmark-Haiti. Uh, Haiti departing the tournament as debut- debutants um, with no goals, no points. Um, and this was a 2-0 loss, sadly, to Denmark. Curiously, three out of the four goals have all been penalties. Um, but they haven't discredited themselves, have they, Lottie? No, absolutely not. They put in, they put the lionesses on their toes, and I think that was our worst performance of the tournaments at, at the moment. Um, I'm absolutely they should be absolutely proud to go toe to toe with us and not let us settle down. Losing one nil is not a massive loss, but you've got to remember with Haiti, only five of those players are signed to clubs, and five of those players belong to the French leagues they need to, I feel like although they've got there's one of them of going over to Lyon I can't remember who it is yeah. because of her talent she was absolutely brilliant I can't think of her name off the top of my head Demar Demar 
maybe something along that line but um you've got to remember like these girls i think the average age is just above 20 years old there we go thank you adam there we go thank you yeah she's she's now off to leon leon fans should be very excited um but they need to go and find their trade elsewhere if they want to compete on this level Mm. um and that's what worries me about Haiti. Although it's their first World Cup since 1987 or 86 in both men's and women's football, they, their federation needs to back them a bit more for me personally because this isn't good enough. Well, it is, it's, well they're there for a reason, but yeah. in terms of the quality of the group, it wasn't good enough and that's why they're going home in the way they are. And My I don't think in a disrespectful way no. at all, but... My feeling watching Haiti was that they didn't look out of place. Um, I see we've seen debutants in the past lose. I mean, um, badly. Um, they turn up and just part timers, as you say, not on touch to clubs. I think of Argentina in 2007 losing 11 nil to Germany. Famously in 2019, Thailand losing 13 nil to USA. There's these huge disparities in talent. Yeah. And then you look, you look at it, Haiti. Their losses weren't dramatic. No, they were just just a, just a one nil loss. And you just think that another day, if, if I think they've been desperately unlucky in their first two games against China, against England, there are moments when they can feel like they deserve the better rub of the green. If it had a penalty awarded against China, they got actually flipped over. They had um, chances against England where Earp put up a brilliant save to keep them out and he also missed some uh, really good opportunities. But the, the moments were there for them. They just didn't fall their way. Um, and I, I don't think they, um, again, themselves at all. Tuna against Denmark. I think my understanding is, listening on the radio, that um, they pushed Denmark all the way. Um, the goals were a penalty from uh, Penilla Harder. There was an early goal from Simone Boy that got chalked off for um, a very much a marginal offside, but correct decision. Um, there was another uh, goal for Denmark that got chalked off. There was a foul on the keeper um, before the ball was eventually put in. But Charles Guard seals the points in the 100th minute. Um, to make it 2-0. Denmark are through. England are through. Um, as we know, England will play Nigeria. Denmark uh, will play Australia, I believe. Is that right? So, Australia, Denmark. Thoughts? What? I'll come to you first. Denmark are going home. I'm sorry, but they're not going to let this go. But this is interesting. They're this is Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr versus Penilla Harder, you know, comrades turned enemies. That is if Sam Kerr gets on the bench. That's true. But if she's injured, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's been reported she's had, she's training very minimally. So Mm. whether that's true or not, we don't know because Australia have been really tight-lipped about it. Um, But even if she doesn't play if Australia can continue the momentum they got from that last game to qualify for the round of 16, Denmark are going home. Um, as much as really I absolutely left, respect Pernal Hardar, Katrin mm. Molokul from Arsenal, I just don't think they have the energy to get past Australia and deal with the likes of Rasso. Cooney crosses, crosses in. Steph Catley and Caitlin Ford on that left-hand side. I just don't think they'll cope with it. But as I think as long as Alana Kennedy can stay switched on, I think they will come away with a clean sheet. 
I mean, Denmark hasn't really been, I'd say, that impressive in the, in the group. They only, only won one nil against China. It was a very late winner. Um, mm. And but at the same time against us, I mean, they had ch- when we were when we dipped, they had chances. There was a one that flashed wide. There was one they hit the post. They should have equalised. And I think there is talent there. Harder is a brilliant forward turn talent. We know what Molecule is in the midfield. Um, it does feel like there is a tea, decent enough team there that could give Australia a game. But I just think you're right. Think of the likes of Rasso, likes of Fowler, Ford Catley. If 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 even if Kerr is fit, maybe to come off the bench. Home support. I mean, if Australia went out to Denmark in the last 16, I mean, it would be it would be devastating, especially after the, the goodwill built up. But then you only have to look at the Nigeria game and think if they're not on it 100 percent, Denmark are quite solid defensively. All it takes is one mistake and harder. Absolutely. The thing is, I just think they need to take lessons learned from Nigeria. If you see Pernal Harder coming, do not panic. She will be a yeah. decoy to split your defence in half, like Ashona <laughs> was. So they need to be very careful on that front. We know we know what Pernal Harder can do. We know what she, how lethal she is in front of that goal. But you need to remember, there's an, the set of players behind her. If she's given that space where she likes to float up top and she, where she can float between the lines, they'll have to be careful of her. But they've also got to remember the wingers. They've got to remember the midfielders. And even the defenders, if we look at Swiss, like for a team like Sweden, they need to be fully aware of that sort of thing. Otherwise, they're going, well, they're staying at home, put it that way. They're not coming back to the tournament. Yeah. Matt, I'm going to quickly swing over to you. Um, Australia, Denmark, which way do you see this one going? Just before that, uh, Penel Harder got the 100th goal of this tournament. Oh, superb. Super. So, uh, yes, just to put it out there. Man of applause all round. We are on over 100 goals for this tournament. Um, so, because some everyone else has been the, the stats people today, so I thought I'd throw <laughs> my stat out there. Um, fair enough, fair enough. But, oh, I'm so sorry for stealing your job, sir. <laughs> stat, man. Matt the stat. You have my cat. <laughs> anyway. Um, Denmark against Australia. It's not. I think it's going to be one of these games where you'd expect the home crowd will probably become the twelfth man, woman, um, mascot, whatever you want to call them. Uh, whatever they, whatever they want to call themselves. They, they, if, if, I think that's going to be too much for Denmark. I don't think. Uh, to quote Shania Twain, they haven't impressed me very much. Um, and like <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't think that I th- they're very chaotic if I'm honest Denmark in the ways that they're supposed to be defensively discipline, disciplined but you've seen Lauren James score that weldy from outside the box so that could be exploited Caitlin Ford can do her usual that she does against Tottenham where she comes into the box no one marks her and she can just curl it past the goalkeeper Steph Catley can take her free kicks and curl it around the, the, the fence without much issue. I I just think Australia will have too much to handle, uh, or too much to handle for Denmark. And if I had to put a scoreline on it, I think Australia got to win this 3 0. That comfortable? Yeah. I, I'm going to go against the grain here. I think Australia are going to slip 
I just think that I just think that they're, they're, like the London Nigeria game, I just think that it, it, it's going to be there for them and they're going to fumble it. And I'm going to go two one to Denmark. But I think there's a very good case for Australia getting through, and then Australia should get through. It's the home advantage and the talent they've got, they should be getting through. And if a host nation gets to the quarterfinals, I think that's a pretty good World Cup. You want you want the host to go through, and losing, as we said um, in our previous uh, previous pod, that losing the sorry at the beginning of the pod, losing New Zealand as host is a devastating blow for the tournament because you want them to go far. And Australia are now flying that flag alone. Um, we'll have to wait and see how far they go. But uh, that's it. That's, that's the end of our round three roundup. Plenty of more uh, round three fixtures to come uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening, it'll be today. <laughs> and future days up to the rest of the week as we round as the rest of the group stages come to a close. Um, it just leaves me now to say uh, farewell to my superb co-host, the lovely Lottie and the magnificent Matt. Matt, where can we find you on the socials? So you can find me at MattLR28. And Lottie, where can one find you? Um, at Lottie AWFC. Oh, no, it's Lottie underscore AWFC. Sorry, <laughs> I'm very sleepy. Uh, I'm also very sleepy now. For, for listeners who don't know, we've been, uh, it's now 11 o'clock and we've been doing this in seven. We've been doing a lot. There's <laughs> been a lot to get through and there is plenty more to enjoy. Um, so make sure you you keep your, uh, your ch- tuned in and uh, keep up here with the World Cup. If you really want to follow me on the, on the Twitter sphere and see uh, whatever nonsense I spew, not only on the pod, but on there as well, it's at Adam Salter 4. Uh, but until then, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for listening in, for subscribing, for liking, etc., uh, etc., etc. Et please uh, please keep on uh, following. Keep, please keep on liking. Please keep on listening. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. Mm-hmm.